Strong, healthy, and meaningful relationships are incredibly important and can bring great joy and fulfillment into our lives. Yet, keeping those bonds of love and commitment solid isn't always easy. Welcome to It's All About Relationships with Willie Batson and Jerry Vincent, a program about building relationships with a Christ-centered approach. Together, Willie and Jerry have decades of combined expert insights into how relationships thrive and endure through challenging times. Now let's join Willie and Jerry for today's thoughtful discussion. Hello and welcome to It's All About Relationships, uh, the podcast. I'm Willie Batson, one of your hosts, here with my co-host, Jerry Vincent. <laughs> and Jerry, good to see you. Welcome back. Welcome back, Willie. Yeah, we're in episode two of our season three, where we're talking about a love story. A great love story, Willie. Yeah, a great love story. Uh, and I hope everyone who maybe didn't, you know, they skipped number one to come to number two, they'll go back so they really know a little more about uh, that whole theme as we're talking about a love story. But we're looking at, um, we're kind of inspired, I guess the way to look at it, we're inspired by the story of Charles and Susie Spurgeon uh, as we read a book entitled Yours Till Heaven, mm-hmm. which, well, before I come at Yours Till Heaven, written by Ray Rhodes, Jr., uh, it's the untold love story of Charles and Susie Spurgeon. Where, where does that title come from, Yours Till Heaven? Well, it means, Willie, that you're really tying together the love that they had one to, for, for one another and how it builds eventually coming together in heaven. Mm. I think it was a salut, well, salutation. Was right? it a salutation or mm-hmm. you know, he would sign off sign his off, letters? Yes. Uh, Yours Till Heaven and Then was something he added to it later. And it might have even been a part of their marriage ceremony. I'm, I'm not remembering that clearly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it does talk about his commitment to her and uh, for a lifetime <clears throat> and throughout, throughout everything that they were dealing with. So anyway, we're talking about their marriage relationship, uh, looking at some examples, but also bringing it to a practical application for people today. Uh, and maybe before we go forward, we usually do introduce ourselves a little bit better, just in case people have not heard of us before. So I'm Willie Batson, and I uh, lead a ministry called W.C. Batson Coaching Services, where I'm focusing on helping individuals and couples uh, build great relationships and do that through coaching opportunities and also speaking at various churches and conferences. I was married for 45 and a half years before Cindy passed away in 2018, and I'm now in a new relationship and getting married this summer. Jerry? And my name is Jerry Vincent, and my wife, Brenda, I've been married for 30 years, and our focus at Family Builders Ministries is on three areas of marriage, parenting, and grandparenting, and having great relationships in all those. Yes, and so as we move into episode number two, we want to look at um, how a married couple can share a mission, kind of be on a mission together. Shared mission. A yeah. shared mission. So, yeah. uh, Jerry, tell us a little more about what we're thinking about here with this shared mission. Well, it's, it's interesting, Willie, because marriage, you know, it really is a team. It's a partnership. It's a union. And, you know, we know God calls signals to pursue him also. But, you know, when you're married, you're going on a mission together. And our marriage is only going to be strong as our commitment to each other and a common set of values that are there. 
And I also think we have unique roles that help us understand how to relate to one another. But, you know, what we see, and I think we've seen this a lot, Willie, is that in many marriages, that's where the discussion ends. And there's not a lot of work that's done to understand what a husband or what a wife are to do when they interact with the world as a couple, mm. okay? Because mm. we're, you know, we live in a very individualistic society. We talk about, oh, well, this is, I'm doing this, and, you know, the other person's doing this. And, but we want to kind of challenge you today is how you come together as a couple. And a lot like we saw the Spurgeons, and we're going to give you some examples of that. And, you know, I think all of us have some basic desires. Willie, what are some of our basic desires, do you think, as human beings? Well, uh, we definitely want to be to uh, have a relationship with somebody where we have that sense of belonging. That's very basic, to be uh, a basic desire of belonging, uh, being accepted, and also having a marriage relationship that has meaning and purpose that, you know, it's not just... Um, we're just putting in our time every day, but it's a meaningful, it's a relationship, and it has an impact upon us and our world as well. Mm. And, you know, when Charles married Susie, you know, he, write, he writes in his diary about, I wanted to have somebody who was going to work with me, mm. and someone who would pray with me, and someone who would believe in me, and someone who would love me through many years— of the work that he knew God was calling him for. And, um, you know, and Charles really knew and Susie knew that there was a, a sense that God had brought them together for a purpose. And I believe this is something that sometimes is lacking today in relationships, is people, you know, don't really look at what has God brought you together for. Mm. Not just what you're going to do just individually, but what you're going to do together as part of a shared mission. And one of the things that I read about that he did uh, in his marriage <clears throat> with Susie was that he wanted their marriage to be a model marriage mm. uh, uh, for others to learn from. But a, a model marriage, that, and, and his idea of a model marriage, you know, one where people can, you know, you're an example, you're learning, other people can learn. It's one of love and esteem. Mm-hmm. Yes, love and esteem. I like those words, Willie. What did he mean by that, do you think? Uh, well, because <laughs> I mean, that's kind of an odd well, word. Esteem is an interesting word, yeah. I think. Well, I think, too, uh, another word for esteem that I've used uh, over the years is honor. Mm -hmm. It's where you're, you love your spouse, you love that person, and you can say, I love you, but do you honor them? Are you, do you know, in terms of how you treat them, do you consider them important? Do you consider them uh, valuable? And uh, giving that kind of value to them in terms of how you treat them and how you speak to them. Mm -hmm. So I think honor is probably a word that maybe a lot of people might might relate to better than esteem. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, I think I remember something in the marriage vows about to love, honor, and to cherish. Mm -hmm. yes, yes. And yes, that's a very common one. And, uh, you know, one of the things we see this very practically, and I want to keep this on a practical level too, Willie, because, you know, one of the things we can look at is church planting, okay? Uh, you know, Charles planted about 200 churches across Europe and during his ministry, and a number of churches uh, that, that he did, he had such a heart for it. But it wasn't only his heart, it was a shared passion they both had mm. about planting new churches, um, bringing students from a Bible college that they had to man these churches. 
And Susie's love and support and sacrifice was essential for this vision. And they both shared in this vision, which is so important. Yeah, sharing in it um, and being partners in it. And one of the things that I read about um, Charles and Susie was that Charles's role as a husband, he was not domineering. Mm -hmm. He was not a domineering kind of husband, and nor was Susie a reluctant wife. No. Yeah. Not at all. They they were both involved in uh, what God had called them to individually as well as jointly. She had her particular ministry focus Mm -hmm. that she developed. He had his, but then they had it all. They saw what they were doing individually as something they were doing together, and they also had ministry that they did together. So uh, I think one of the things that I gather from this about their their marriage and their shared mission was that they had a mutual commitment to each other mm-hmm. and shared priorities. Yes. Now, Mutu- I think that, yeah, I like uh, those words. Yeah. Because yeah. I think there's something we can unpack and look a little bit more there. Yeah, the, the mutual commitment idea in mm-hmm. terms of being uh, committed together, agreeing together that our marriage is more than just about us. Mm-hmm. The other thing, too, I want to stress, Willie, is that these were not perfect people, okay? Um, Charles was, you know, prone to depression, uh, seasons of melancholy, he called it, and Susie uh, had seasons where she went through with anxiety. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, and I don't know if there were panic attacks or, you know, what it was, but I mean, there was definitely anxiety that was there, but they both made a mission of their life to work together for shared missions and shared goals and so forth. And I think that's so important. Yeah, and I like one of the things that is noted here. Um, In fact, I'm not sure that we've said this in this episode. Mm. Um, Did we give the name of the book? Yours Still Heaven. Yours Still Heaven, yes. And by Ray Rhodes. I want to make sure we give credit to the author, Ray Rhodes. But uh, one of the things that he writes about here is that – he uh, there was the this whole idea of looking at um, the home as a grand institution, and Char- it says here writing of the rubbish that some men expressed about their wives. Charles said that such slander quote does not prove that the women are bad, but that their husbands are good for nothing. Oh, wow, there you go. He he told it like it is, doesn't he? Told he told it like it is, yeah. And I, this was really, Willie, for that day to be writing these things, that was that was pretty strong. Right, exactly. You know, he he went on he acknowledged that there were some shockingly bad wives in the world. Now they're they're shockingly bad husbands as well, but he countered, take them for all in all. They are most angelic creatures and a great deal too good for half the husbands. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. And uh, an angel uh, was one of Charles' favorite nouns for his wife. You know, he thought of her as his angel, an angel sent from God. Mm. I think that's beautiful. I like that. Wow, I do, too. I do, too. That sounds great. And, and I love the way he just kind of called it as it is, you know, that some men are just not worthy of uh, the way they treat the, the way they treat their wives and talk about their wives and make fun of them and joke around all like that, that um, their husbands are good for nothing, as he said. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's not that the women are bad; it's just their husbands are good for nothing. Mm-hmm. Well, that'll probably end it as far as any men listening to us. That's probably <laughs> it. They're shutting it down now. <laughs> there you go, Willie. 
you know, but it is it is one of those things though that Susie definitely supported Charles' ministry. Um, she also had a very strong role in counseling and assisting, um, you know, what what they called female candidates for baptism and different um, needs that women had. So she was here again. He did a lot of counseling with men. She did counseling with women that was there. And uh, each of these were kind of leading them deeper and deeper into the faith, and obviously part of that shared mission of church planting and church growth that was there. And, uh, you know, I love one of the early biographies uh, somebody wrote about Susie. It said, she goes about in a quiet, unobtrusive way where her work is conducted, and, uh, and about her devotion. She had a devotion to serving others. And then Charles also had a devotion to serving her and others, too. So they both had that others-focused. Yeah, that, it was something that I think probably a word that we can add to that would be like there was a servanthood attitude that they have. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they were not just in it for themselves, which I think this is part of our world, our culture today, that uh, it's not true for everybody, but there is that me focus. It's what can I get out of it? yes. You know, it's uh, just not thinking about how we can benefit our society mm-hmm. or how we can make things better. For Christian couples, looking at, okay, maybe God has brought us together for a mission. Maybe there's a reason other than we fell in love. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a purpose, a reason. I know that's one of the things Debbie and I have been talking about for quite a while now is we're moving towards our wedding day and our life together. Uh, we both had ministries and missions that, you know, shared missions with our spouses, our previous spouses who passed away. And now it's, um, okay, What God has brought us together for what purpose? What is going to be our mission? Mm. And we're still praying about that. We have some ideas, but we're still praying uh, and asking God to guide and direct us. So we're entering into our relationship thinking, yeah, it's going to be great for us to be together. Mm-hmm. Uh, marriage, I we both believe marriage is good, and we're looking forward to um, our our marriage. But we're also kind of like, okay, God, you you brought us together because it's very obvious He did that in our backstory. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, what? How can you use us? Yes, and one of the other things too is that they both the Spurgeons had a very strong um, desire to help what they called. This is another term they use. It's called the downtrodden. Obviously, we would use today people who are in need and so forth, but widows, orphans, families of, you know, people who do not have means. And, uh, you know, and so this is even destitute mothers. And so they were, they really had a heart and a vision for servanthood for those people who did not have much. Mm. And this is very a Christ like servanthood they saw, which I think is interesting. Yeah, that's good. So, um, so we're talking about shared mission and having priorities and vision and that sort of thing. What maybe maybe we can get a little bit practical here in the sense of what are some qualities that characterize a couple that's on a mission together? Mm-hmm. And I think that as we as we think about this, maybe there are people who are thinking, okay, are you guys just talking about going out planting churches or <laughs> preaching, you know, being pastors and pastors' wives or spouses? And, you know, what does that mean? And I, I think that's a good thing to think about, you know, that um, as you think about the uh, being on a mission together. So one of them is that uh, a couple on mission is hospitable. 
Mm, hospitable. Um, this is one of the things, uh, kind of an example of, from the Bible with Aquila and Priscilla, uh, that they, they moved to a new city. And uh, when they were in that city, they opened up, uh, they opened their home up to, uh, the, to the Apostle Paul mm-hmm. for him to be able to come in and, and spend time with them. Mm-hmm. So hospitality is a um, good way to kind of look at what your mission is in terms of reaching out to the neighborhood, reaching out to your community. I, um, I know of a couple several years ago that lived in a community, moved into this neighborhood, and they saw it as God placing them there, and they wanted to be a, a mission outpost. And they just started reaching out to their neighbors, just inviting them over for, like they would do potluck soup nights, mm-hmm. and everybody would come over. They would open up their home. It was not an overt religious kind of thing that they were doing. It was just uh, using their home as a place of ministry, uh, of the ministry of hospitality. Mm. And I think that's important because, you know, when you look at yourself and you look at your spouse and you say, well, why are we placed here? And thinking about how we can, you know, be part of the solution and mm. instead of adding to the problem, you know, in the book of Acts, Aquila and Priscilla in Acts 18, they took the initiative to correct and guide Apollos. And he was a gifted, but he was a misguided teacher. And what things is God bringing you in your relationship to guide? And uh, I think that's important. Yeah, and one other quality of a couple that's on a mission is that uh, they are faithful to the end. Mm. Uh, in 2 Timothy 4.19, Paul mentioned Aquila and Priscilla for the last time in Scripture, and he encouraged his, um, his son in the faith Timothy, to greet this hardworking, faithful couple. And so as you think about being a couple on a mission, and probably this question, uh, how do you plan to cultivate active, engaged ministry throughout your life, not just for one season? It may be that you do something different. You know, for my, if for me, you know, my ministry or my life with Cindy, our mission was very much revolved around serving as pastor and wife in a church, it, uh, in terms of family ministry, marriage ministry, being example to others, teaching marriage seminars and coaching couples. Um, so now it's like, okay, in this new season of my life, is that to continue? Uh, or do, is there going to be something different? Is it going to change in terms of ministry? But to think about a couple, for couples to think about living on mission together, And as you do that, quite frankly, as you do that, you experience indescribable joy, Mm -hmm. you know, for serving the Lord. (laughs) Yes. And you are having an impact that lasts throughout eternity, just like with Charles and Susie Spurgeon. Here Mm -hmm. we are in 2022. Yes. Sharing about their life and their shared mission. And, And of course, You know, not everybody knows about Spurgeon, but he has really impacted the Christian world and especially preachers, Very much so. Very much so, Willie. And, you know, and and I know it's not easy. You know, when we have a desire to have a marriage and a relationship that reflects God's love and we want to impact others, you know, there can be challenges. There can be challenges as a family. You know, I know busyness is a challenge. Um, You know, tension in your relationship can be a challenge. People have stress in their relationship. That's another mm-hmm. challenge. And I don't mean to say this too, Willie. Can you believe even laziness? 
laziness can kind of come in too. Like we can become kind of complacent and lazy and just kind of like, oh, I guess let's just watch another thing on Amazon Prime or Netflix tonight or Hulu, whatever it is. You know, that's all we're going to do. We're not, I'm not going to go over to the neighbors and talk to them or I'm not going to reach out, even though, I, yeah, we probably should, but I'm, I'm forget it. So I'm thinking that, you know, for a couple that decides we have something, a mission or purpose beyond us, and to be a model and be an example also means that they are going to be working on their own relationship. They're going to be um, wanting to figure out what are the strengths and weaknesses of their marriage mm. and to kind of secure those, you know, build them up as, they, um, as they're trying to figure that out. And, and I, I think also, what do, you, what do you think about this, that maybe uh, a purpose of marriage or a mission for a couple is raising children? Yes. That can be something, Willie. Raising children is something there. Um, when life circumstances change, obviously we do a lot of grandparents. I just was talking to a grandparent uh, couple who was said, you know, our mission has changed now. We really feel our mission is to leave a legacy mm. and to invest in the next generation for grandparents. Um, we can give you an example of, you know, um, Bill and Ann. And Bill and Ann, they met while they were serving in college and in career ministry at their church and the group that they started had six people, but it grew to more than 40 people within two years. And then they found out that they had a calling. And what, what was their calling to outreach? And after they married and went to graduate school, they took jobs as RAs at college and started working with first-year students. And they mm -hmm. did it you know, for financial reasons. But then they started doing more. They started transporting students to church and hosting Saturday breakfasts at noon, inviting students to talk and you know, it's just a way that you can share your lives in a very personal way and making choices and impacting people. And that's what I think we need to do. It's not all about us. Mm, mm, I, that's really good. It, getting outside of yourself and seeing that your purpose as a couple is to serve others, mm -hmm. to serve the Lord, and to find ways in which you can serve others. And it can be like... Um, you know, as simple as uh, focusing on your own children and making sure that you're raising them to follow the Lord. I remember First John or Third John. Oh, let's see. I always is Third John <laughs> nine. You know, I have or four. Or what, somebody can help me out. Uh, but you know, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth, the mm -hmm. truth of God's word. So that's good. Um, so here, what are some ways that you can put your marriage on mission? Uh, how can God work through your marriage and use you in ways that will affect lives, not just for today or tomorrow, but for eternity? And so just some practical ways here. Uh, praying together consistently. Uh, and when you're praying together, you could be praying for unbelieving friends neighbors, asking God to use you to draw them uh, to himself. Mm -hmm. And Willie, you know, the thing is now, people are really lonely and isolated. Mm. Uh, I know in our neighborhood, people have kind of felt, I, Brenda and I go out and we walk our dogs. By the way, dogs are a great way to connect to people. <laughs> if you have dogs and you're out walking, it seems, especially with other people, they just come up naturally, affinity. Obviously, have the right kind of dog. Obviously, <laughs> you have pit bulls that are charging at people. That's not the way to get to know no, neighbors. Right. But um, we have two little dogs, and they seem to draw people in. But you know, think about you know showing up at or or having at your own house, 
hosting a party. Don't wait for someone to do it, but hosting for ways to people to make opportunities to share the love of God and the gospel with people and to really get to know people, get to know your neighbors. Uh, you know, a lot of people have felt isolated, and I think it's a mm-hmm. great opportunity. What are some other ways, Well, we can open up our home maybe? Well, opening up your home to a wide variety of family members, you know, sharing meals, desserts, um, but also reaching out to people who think and believe differently than you do. Mm. And that means risking, initiating risking conversations about faith and listening with some real genuine interest. Now, we know being here, I know for us in New England, it's uh, just like the Bible Belt, you know, it's everybody's Christians around you, right, Willie? <laughs> well, you're asking me yeah. about the Bible Belt. No, well, yes, Willie grew up in the Bible Belt. And yes, it's, I did. How is it different from being here in New England, Willie? Well, you know, I haven't lived there for a while, but I, when I go back to visit, there is that sense that everybody, your neighbor, all your neighbors are Christians. Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily the case. And some of my relatives would say that's because a lot of New Englanders have moved down there and corrupted the community and neighborhood. But <laughs> Those New Englanders, the, yes. One of my uncles called them foreigners. The foreigners, the yes. The foreigners, yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah, there's you didn't, a, didn't use carpetbaggers then. That's no, good. no, that was yeah. That, <laughs> that's another relative. That's another generation. <laughs> okay, all right. These foreigners uh, yeah. coming down and corrupting everything. But there is that sense of, you know, there's people just talk about Christianity more readily than you might find in other parts of the country, like those of us who are living here in New England. But another way to Put your marriage on mission also is to stay active in your local church. Mm-hmm. Uh, look for some really natural opportunities to invite others to attend the services, um, special events, maybe even small gatherings with you. Uh, if they say no, that's fine. Don't uh, keep coming back You know, the, every hour inviting them. But you know, looking for ways, staying active in your local church, serving together as a couple. Mm-hmm. And I'd encourage couples to really go to the same church service at the same time. That's, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've I've talked to some couples, and they have you know really I don't know somehow they've adopted very different different schedules. And I remember one couple they said, "Oh yeah, I'm going to this church because at this time they have the service, and my husband's going to this other church." And I was like, "You guys can't even go to the same church together." I mean, that's you know you need need to look at that. I think. Yeah, yeah, that's I've I've come across that a little bit and sometimes it has to do with style mm-hmm. and preference for style of worship. Uh but yeah, to at least uh I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's one of, <laughs> one like, of the one, Willie just kind of ends it with, yeah. <laughs> I like that, Willie. It's, yeah, it's just the unity factor there is very important and so it may be that um you know, find a way that you can both go together. Uh, even though maybe you might have a preference for a worship style a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. So, Willie, let's let's talk about this now. What when we talk about a mission for marriage? Um, you know, how do we develop an actual mission, and what 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 does it look like? And I, I think you've got a great mm-hmm. example. Both of us actually have these, but I wanted to share more yours that you had with Cindy and. Obviously, we don't think you and Debbie have drawn one of these up. Maybe you will not have yet. one. Not, 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 not yet. But, no, um, not yet. But, you know, let's, let's talk about this. What does it mean to have a mission in marriage? Well, uh, what does it mean to have a mission in marriage, or what does it mean in terms of having a mission statement? A mission. Well, let's talk about the, either the mission statement leading into the mission in marriage. Yeah, uh, because 
you've got to figure out what is your mission in marriage. You know, what mm-hmm. is the purpose of your marriage relationship? It might be uh, very similar to somebody else. And, you know, I had a guy come up to me at a conference recently. and He said, what is the purpose of marriage? Mm-hmm. I said, well, the purpose of a Christian marriage is to glorify God. That's simple. Okay, that's, good. That's simple. By the way, if you get asked that question, you're ready to respond now. <laughs> I'm, that's, that's true. He wanted a little more, but you know, when it really comes down to it for us as believers, uh, for our marriage to glorify God, and we can do that in practical ways. Uh, Cindy and I, uh, years ago, uh, after our children, ha- they were grown, uh, we decided we were working with a small group of couples, that, a Bible study group, small group that we were a part of and leading. And so we decided uh, to do a marriage family mission statement. And very basically, it's a, a mission statement is a vision for what you want your marriage to be. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just kind of think about that. If you're taking notes, you might want to just kind of write that down. Okay, what do we want our marriage to be? There's a conversation that you could have tonight, mm-hmm. at, uh, you know, at some point. Sure. Um, and there are a couple of Bible verses that can be helpful in developing a marriage mission statement. Uh, Joshua twenty four fifteen reads, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So as you think about what is the purpose of our marriage, uh, well, we will serve the Lord. And again, you're going to kind of want to practical, you know, I guess what's the word I want? You want to be able to figure out some practical ways in which you will do that that are unique to you as a couple and the unique gifts that you have. And when you do a marriage mission, or there, there's another verse, I, I, I said there were two, Psalm 127, verse 1, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as you're thinking about what you want your marriage to be, uh, will you let God be the chief architect of your marriage? Will you build your marriage relationship with Christ as your foundation? And uh, how will that be seen in your day-to-day life? You want to weave all of that into a mission statement. Yeah, and you know, the thing is, too, the mission statement should be more than just, I'm going to be happy in my marriage, or I'm going to get my needs met, or I'm going to have sex in my marriage. You know, you want to have go a little deeper than that, you know? (laughs) Well, really, what we did, there were, uh, let me grab my copy of our mission document. 37 pages, Willie. Wow. <laughs> no, there are not 37 pages here. It's, it's one page, yes. one sheet of paper front of the page. We, when we were going through this process, we told everybody, keep it simple. We just want it to be one page so that you could put it on your refrigerator if mm-hmm. you wanted to, to look at it. So we had four sections, four major sections. One was our core family values. Mm-hmm. So as you're thinking about your mission as a couple— what are the principles and truths that guide your marriage and your family life? Tell us one of those core principles you put down, Willie. Um, yeah, we had seven of them. That's a good biblical number. And so that I'm looking at it. Sign of perfection. It, yeah, I like that. Right, like, yeah. like the Batson <laughs> household's perfection. So one of them was we are intentional in creating a schedule that helps us to celebrate our life together. Oh, okay. I like that. And okay. that was a core value of ours. Uh, to not let the calendar and all out, all the outside activities take over. And, you know, that was especially true when we were raising children. But even after our children were older, 
we both uh, wanted to make sure we were intentional putting on the calendar things that would help us celebrate our life together. So write down, I, I, you know, just your kind of summarize. Sometimes you might want to, some people may want to just brainstorm all kinds of core values. Then put them, you'll look at them and you can probably unite them, combine them. By the way, if you're one of these people who are like, you know, I'm more of a see it online kind of person or something. There's a lot of examples online you can look at to give you a framework or maybe just sure. generate ideas to talk yeah, about. Yeah, and I certainly, if you wanted to contact us, uh, I could send you a copy of what you know I have here, which serves as a template. So first thing is your core family values. Then what we did was our family mission statement. In other words, what is God calling us to do or be or and be as a couple or as a family? And we chose at that particular time uh, that our mission statement was to encourage other couples and parents with what we have learned in order to help them build healthy marriages and families. So we were moving into that generational coaching, passing along. And so then we also picked a family scripture, one verse. You know, what is a Bible verse that supports our mission? Mm -hmm. That's the key. So if your mission... Uh, like our mission was to encourage other couples and parents with what we had learned. So we chose Psalm 78, verses 1 through 8. What we have heard and known, we will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power and the wonders he has done. So the next generation would know them, and they in turn would tell their children. Then they would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds, but would keep his commands. Mm. So it was that generational aspect. So then we came to the last major part of the mission document, and that was our objectives, our, ma our marriage objectives, our family. In other words, how will we fulfill our mission? And one of those was um, that we would sharpen our knowledge and skills as lifelong learners mm -hmm. so that we could continue passing on whatever we needed to. In fact, I'm, what I'm doing here Yes. Today, what you and I are doing with this podcast, and as we've been sharing in ministry, really is carrying on the mission that Cindy and I had mm -hmm. those, those many years ago. That's wonderful. So you're looking at what are your core family values? What's your, what is God calling you to be and do as a couple? Just one sentence as your mission statement. Don't. <laughs> I've seen church mission statements that were like three pages long, and it's like, how can you remember that? Yes, yeah, something simple you can yeah. clearly articulate. And pick a Bible verse that supports that, uh, because I think it's good to ground it in the Word of God. Mm -hmm. And then, how will you fulfill your mission? That's where you get to the kind of the practical stuff. Yeah, I like that. And I like the specifics too, Willie. You know, you get very specific and you start thinking about, you know, what's my marriage going to be like a year from now, 10 mm. years from now? What things do we want to invest in? Um, you know, what, what do you want it to look like? And what is the different in the world and in God's kingdom because of your marriage? And I think that's so important. Right, right. And I was just looking at this that uh, about the purpose of marriage, uh, this old adage, if you aim at nothing, you'll get there every time. Mm -hmm. yes. And so I, I think that's important. One of the things I've been doing with premarital couples lately is, uh, and even couples that I've been coaching and we kind of come to that end where I'm, you know, they're doing fine, we're going to go on. I'll say before we end what we're going to do, I want you to develop a, 
a plan, a growth plan. Like, what are you going to do from this point? What have you learned? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what do you want to put into practice in your marriage relationship? And again, it's that idea of being in, uh, purposeful and intentional. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's unfortunately, well, Jerry, you know, what have you seen when couples are not intentional and purposeful about their marriage? What have you seen happen? Well, lots of times they can, one thing that happens is that it, they can stagnate. Uh, they just, they never change. They are kind of stuck, which is very unfortunate. Mm, yeah. And uh, the other thing that I've seen happen too is that sometimes one, it's like all of a sudden one person starts going off on one direction, someone another direction, and all of a sudden they're like, what, what are we doing? We're not like, we're not united together. And, uh, you know, and it's important, too, when we have these conversations, it's not one spouse telling the other spouse what will happen. It's a time of intentionally listening to each other and really prayerfully seeking God's input. And, you know, I love boating. It's steering the boat. You're all moving the boat mm. towards one direction. I like that. Which is so important. So, Yeah, you know, another, another analogy with a boat is like uh, you're both rowing in the same direction. Yes, you're Just both. imagine, you know, you're in a rowboat, and one of you is rowing in one direction, the other one in the other direction. What's going to happen? Mm-hmm. You go in circles. Circles, yeah. Just go in circles. And so you want to make sure you're rowing. You're both rowing in the same direction. Mm-hmm. You're steering the boat, and you've got a place where you're headed. Yes, exactly. Willie, anything else to add on this for today? Well, um, did you? was there something you wanted to say about unity? Unity. Well, there was actually something. Go ahead, Willie. Why don't you share that? You've got you've got something you you had well, outlined there, and I think that was good. Well, I think uh, you know God says in Genesis two twenty four that for um, the reason of marriage, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. So we leave, we cleave, and we become one. And the order is vitally important. Um. And really, Satan has accomplished a great victory in shaping our culture so that many couples do the exact opposite. They start having sex, then they build a relationship, and finally move out of their parents' house. Uh, When we start talking, and Jerry and I are committed to a Christian marriage. That's our worldview. Uh, We we are not not ashamed of that. That's our worldview in terms of what we want to talk about. And the truly Christian marriage is supernaturally unified. Yes. Unified in all things, too. Um, You know, true, you still have your own separate lives, Mm -hmm. too, and certain things, separate identities. Um, But it means that you're being joined together, okay? And it means that you have this shared sense of supernaturally unified. Uh, When in Ephesians chapter 5, God speaks of marriage relationship being a picture of unity that Christ desires to have with his bride of the church. So I think that's kind of the the picture that we want to, you know, see together. And I think that's so important. Yeah, and when a couple begins to experience this supernatural unity, um, it's possible that the word ministry can be redefined. Um, like if someone were to ask you what kinds of ministry are you involved in, they're really expecting an answer to do with things uh, that you volunteer for at church. And and that's great. You know, I, I certainly support that ministry at church is wonderful. As a retired pastor, I <laughs> and, and Jerry, you are in pastoral ministry as well. Yes. Uh, but the Christian mission, uh, we look at what the great commandment, I mean the great uh, commission in that we are to make disciples, and then the great commandment to love your neighbor. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. all of that begins at home. Yes, it does. Yes, and it does so begin. it really kind of comes back to that, that we are to um, be loving and serving and nurturing faith in each other in our homes mm-hmm. uh, and providing those opportunities. So um, what kind of ministry do you do? Well, it's to, um, I, I think in many ways, uh, a, my ministry is to bless those in my household, to love them, and uh, to teach and, and guide and disciple them so that we can reach out beyond ourselves. We yes. will, you know, uh, we'll have a strong foundation. And I want to encourage, especially for husbands, husbands out there, to make sure that you're providing that strong foundation in, in your household, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, take the lead, guys, is what I'm saying. Take the lead, guys, in, you know, praying. Take the lead in doing devotions with your family. Take the lead in, uh, you know, spiritually, being the spiritual leader in, in the home. I think it's important. Yeah, and I'll steal something uh, from Dave Wilson, who spoke at a conference that I was at this past weekend, where he talked about real real biblical manhood. Yes. And he used the acrostic uh, reel there that our reject passivity was the first one. And I think that's a that's one of the things when we talk about a shared mission and ministry and purpose, uh, it's very easy for for a husband and a wife, you know, to just become passive about their relationship and about serving the Lord and so uh you know, I would inc- you know, Going along with what you're saying there, I would just encourage guys to uh, – there are those who believe that as you know, guys, we tend to be more passive in the marriage relationship. And I have seen that. I have, I'm not saying that it's all true across the board, but you know, very often it is that way. So I'm saying, you know, reject that passivity and become active. Become, um, you know, work with your wife. Come alongside the two of you. Come alongside and find that shared ministry and mission. Mm-hmm. And I, I really like what is written about Charles and Susie Spurgeon, um, that they shared a lifetime of service together. Mm-hmm. Uh, after Charles died in 1892, Susie continued their work as if her beloved husband were still by her side. Wow, that's wonderful. Isn't that? That's a great picture, isn't it? It is. It's a great picture. It just shows again uh, how engaged they were and how much they shared this ministry. And uh, their shared mission is but a component of their mutual support that they had for one another, uh, which was most obvious in their labors and also in their sufferings together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Perfect, perfect. So, well, Willie, this has been some great stuff we've shared, I think. Yep, yep, I think so. It's been good, and I hope it's been helpful to everyone uh, to just encourage you to um, have a shared mission and purpose. Really figure out what that is and, and let it be your guide as you move through your relationship. Willie, we've got something special to share for our next podcast, don't we? Oh, we do? What I is think that? we do. It's, it's, I think it's going to be a time to... Laugh. laugh. Time to laugh. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. There you go. Time to laugh. So. All right. Okay. Anyway. Well, thank you for joining us on this episode uh, of uh, It's All About Relationships podcast. And uh, we're, in, uh, we're talking about a love story 
Uh, we're using the uh, untold love story of Charles and Susie Spurgeon to kind of jump off and kind of think about some of the things that they did and how that can be applied in our marriage relationships today. And as Jerry said, we, we've got another episode coming up, which will be uh, looking at uh, laughter mm. and humor in marriage, which should be very interesting. So thank you for joining us, Jerry. Thank you for being here today. Thank you, Willie, for inviting me here today. Yeah, well, it's, I'm glad you're here. And if you want to get in touch with us, please go to our website. It's all about relationships. Excuse me. It's all about relationshipspodcast.com. It's all about relationshipspodcast.com. Because it's all about relationships, Willie. There it is. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. We'll see you on the next episode. Excellent. So long. Take care. Thank you for joining us today for It's All About Relationships with Willie Batson and Jerry Vincent. Please visit our website. It's all about relationshipspodcast.com. All one word and no apostrophe, it's allaboutrelationshipspodcast.com for more resources about building great relationships. Be sure to look for our next episode as Willie and Jerry continue talking about how individuals and couples can work through relational issues with a Christ-centered approach.